over till we decide it is. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Any questions here? Any questions here? Let's get it on. And it is time to once again get it on with the sports animals today. It's the big dog. And Jim. And Jim is back. Otherwise Jim known as producer boy. Producer boy. I know Jim filled in. You filled in for me on Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, Valentine's and Day. you did a good with Joey. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, so you survived that. I did survive. come back for more. I survived the giant man. And so where the heck is that loser? Anyway. I think he's working. Oh, yeah. He, Allegedly. He always, you know, I don't think any milk gets evaporated in this valley without that dude actually having to do it himself. I know. I think that's what it is. He's just kind to, of a... You go to the supermarket, you look at the milk, and you think, Joe, that's Joe's, a good thought. Hey, Joe, you know, Joe's picture on the old milk carton. No, no. Joe's not <laughs> missing. Well, it kind of is today, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, the sports animals are here. It's kind of... It's the sports fan's view on sports. Opinions and whatnot. Not a lot of facts. Not a lot of any truth, even, most of the time, if you listen to Matt. <laughs> anyway, uh, as we all know, the big dog is a big fan of the Bruins. The and, Bruins. And I even said last last Monday, I said, you know, the Bruins have a chance against Stanford. And I thought Matt's head was going to swivel and break when he when he, see, he looked back at me from the board like, you've got to be dreaming. And, of course, I was dreaming. But uh, Jerron Rush's uh, ability to come back to the NCAA, lifting the suspension on him and letting him come back and play against Stanford, uh, and uh, the, the play-by uh, Moiso and Gutzerik, what a was, fantastic game. It was a great game. We, ha- we actually had the play-by-play here on ESPN Radio 970 Saturday. And uh, if if Stanford would have made their free throws, it would have been the world of difference. Mark Madsen was terrible from the free throw line. And then, like you said, Javon Rush or Jerron Rush, however you say his name. Jerron, Javon, whoever. He hit that big shot. I think it was a baseline shot. And that was incredible. Yeah, the two-point baseline. And and Rush also took the... uh, the NBA uh, three-pointer, too. That's right. To tie it up. And so, um, and you talk about the fouls with Stanford. Stanford, yeah. UCLA got called for three times. Three times as many. The number of fouls. It was and unbelievable. I thought, boy, if Stanford could get another advantage, I don't know what it would be. And if Stanford wants to make it to the Final Four, to the Elite Eight, as a number one seed, they're going to have to they're gonna have to make their free throws, no doubt, because teams that are lower will foul you. Mark Madsen, he's, he's a big guy down the post. They're going to foul him when he gets the ball down there, and if he doesn't make his free throws, this team could get upset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially against a more athletic team. Yeah, especially against some ballers like UCLA. I mean, those guys just came out. They didn't really have much to lose. I mean, all they had to do was perform well against Stanford. Even if they had lost, I think they'd still probably get a berth in the NC2A. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Now it's yeah. pretty much a given. Now that, now yeah, I, I mean, in. if you beat the number one team in the country and you're already on the bubble, usually that bubble's yeah, going to pop. That bubble's you're in. Make. You're in. You're, you're the ones. But uh, in UCLA, I, it just, they seem to be coming together a little bit. Uh, obviously, the addition of Rush was, was quite a lift to the team, which it could have been a distraction potentially. Definitely. But it's not like this was really a team that was gelling anyway. Yeah. They still needed to I mean, they to just had Capono that, that was playing really well. Mm-hmm. All year, he's been their most consist- consistent player. And you get back Rush, who is, he's a quality player as well. So right, they just so. add another piece. And UCLA has got to play Washington and Washington State at home this weekend. So, or this uh, week, rather. And should so be I two think, wins. I think, that, I think they'll do okay. But what about Arizona? Yeah, that was pretty sad. I, and I'm a huge Arizona fan. That's my team in college Why? basketball. Why? Because I'm, I'm a big Sean Elliott fan. You know, you on your head at birth Steve or Kerr, all those guys way back when. And nice. you know what? They got beat by both teams in Oregon. Yeah, what would happen? What would be happening to Lute Olsen right now if he hadn't won that championship a while back? Because here he had another good squad. Obviously going to get it, probably lining himself up for number one seed, probably Southwest. One or, or two, yeah. But now, now he's sunk. Now he's yeah. down there at two and you know, maybe it, bubbling down if they don't do well this weekend. They still have to play Stanford. Yeah, to answer your question, I mean, if he didn't win that championship back, I think it was 97, yeah. um, I'll tell you what, he'd be remembered as the coach who always had great regular seasons, right. um, made it to the Final Four quite a bit, 
as long as he gets past that first round where he, he <laughs> seemed to get beat a lot <laughs> that Arizona, first round, yeah. the Wildcats just seemed to not get over the hump in the first round of the NCAAs. And uh, if he wouldn't have won that championship with, with Dickerson and Bibby and, and, and all those guys back then, they, he would be remembered as a coach that was a good coach, quality coach, a good recruiter, but kind just couldn't the, win the big the game. The Marv Levy of uh, college yeah, coaches, exactly. I'm thinking myself. Yeah, but, uh, but Luke got his championship, so he's happy. He's happy, and he's, and he's got a good squad, and I think Arizona will do well. Oh, yeah. And like uh, I think it was Mosley that was talking about for the Stanford Cardinals saying that, you know, even though you, you never want to lose, and you never want to lose a close game like this, but at the same time, too, maybe a close game like this can put a team like Stanford or maybe a loss like Arizona can put them back on track, get them to focus a little better. The Arizona-Stanford game this weekend, was I think that's Saturday. I think it is, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's the day Thursday, before this election. It's either Thursday or Saturday. going to be a good game. It's the last game of the year for uh, Pac-10 because um, they don't have a postseason tournament, which they should. Um, it, hasn't, it didn't go well in the past because I can recall really? attending a couple of those, yeah. But, I mean, if we go back to Stanford, they hadn't lost, they hadn't even uh, won a game under by winning under by 10 points. Um, they, they had double-digit wins. And They've been killing everybody. 13 or 14 wins in a row. And this might have been a wake-up call saying, hey, you know, tournament time, you're going to play some close games. Yeah, so so Steve Lavin's still going to get fired? I don't know. I, You know what? Larry Brown, I think, is, is a good fit yes. there. Yeah, and, Larry uh, Brown would be perfect, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. And then Matt mentioned, I think last week, or he mentioned to me, is uh, is uh, Patino. Rick Patino. Oh, that's and true. And Patino, and of course, he, you know, he's he's been real volatile. And there's a big article in the LA Times about Rick and how all the all the great statements, and he backpedaled a little bit from his previous oh, yeah. statement, but then he reaffirmed most of what he said. Mm-hmm. He kind of he kind of backpedaled a little bit, kind of like a John Rocker statement, stirred the pot up just a little bit more, you know. So it's like Rick, I'm not sure if that's a good thing to do. Dude, the train is leaving Boston, and you are on it. That's right. <laughs> and why wouldn't you want to go to UCLA? You mean Pac-10 basketball, well, one of the best conferences, and especially right now, and and in LA. Where it's a big market, and you get a big, you get a lot of coverage. UCLA Bruins are always on the front page. Of the always on times. TV too. Absolutely, and uh, and Patino right now, UCLA is going to lose one one senior, and that's a Farnham kid. That's right. And he's and, and, and so UCLA is stocked without yeah, question. Are. UCLA is stocked. Lavin has done an excellent job recruiting, and as did uh, Jim Herrick before. Speaking of Herrick. Isn't the University of Georgia glad he's there? No, I bet. They like totally. I don't even know what their record is, but I, I looked at it really briefly on ESPN. I think it was on Saturday when they were showing the scores, and they just, they're, they're bad. Yeah, they're awesome. The University of Georgia is terrible, and Rhode Island's done badly, too, since he's gone. So I don't know. I don't know. Herrick's, Herrick's not the dream maker that he was. Uh, now, he had great think. players in UCLA. Yeah, he I mean, did well because he's a good recruiter, and he is yeah. a good, he's a good living room guy. He gets all pumped up and Definitely. fired up. But uh, March Madness is upon us, without question. And... Uh, isn't it great to see that? Uh, it's good to see that the old the cannon, the first round cannon, cannon fodder, you know, is getting in there like Appalachian State. Oh, Winthrop yeah. has, has solidified <laughs> their spot in the tournament, and Penn is in Samford, Stanford, or Samford, I should say. Hey, Southeast. Appalachian I'm not State. Worried man. about them. Hey, yeah, no. <laughs> Miles Simon, Appalachian State. He should be worried. I'm not worried about them. <laughs> I know, I know, Miles. But, but uh, you know, Appalachian State. I have their Pepsi cap. So oh, I, do hope, you really? I hope they upset number one. You got one. their cap. I got I the I got this, this, the Foot Locker cap today. I'm all bummed. I'm looking. Cap. I'm thinking to myself, man, I could get <laughs> I could get like the Joe got the uh, California Polytechnical, you know. Oh wow. Well. The BEOP a couple weeks ago. For you guys who don't know what we're talking about out there, the Pepsi products they have a uh, NCAA contest on the caps of uh, their 20 ounce and, and one liter bottles and, right. Two and liter bottles, what yeah. you do is you look underneath the cap and the team. You'll get a team, a college uh, Division One team. That you've never heard of. And if they win the whole thing, the 64-team <laughs> tournament, March Madness, then you'll be Don't entered you? into a drawing for a hat or, or something. A hat. I don't know. I'm 
I'm not worried about them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of fun. I think I think in the past they've given away like a million bucks, and yeah. I was expecting them to do that again, but they are not doing that. Well, I think Pepsi's banking on people just throwing away the caps, which Mr. Matt Ivey did. Which Matt tossed Get this, Matt Ivey had Arizona. A cap he tossed it? When they were number two. Anyway. <laughs> Arizona was currently ranked number two in the nation. That's Matt, all right. Matt gets the cap after getting like Sisters of Mercy Matt's, a few Matt's days got, before. Matt's got love at home. Oh, he, he was stoked. Else, man. That's all It's all he needs. Matty's got love at home, and it's all he needs. There you go. <laughs> there you go, dog. Hey, what about, uh, what about the Orangemen, too? And I, I wrote this down because of Joey's uh, uh, love for the uh, Syracuse Orangemen. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But UConn took him apart. Yeah, Saturday, they did. And, that's, uh, and obviously obviously Syracuse will get in. I don't think they'll get past the Elite Eight if they get that far. I don't think they're going to get into the Sweet 16. No? I think they're going to get knocked off. Uh, they've shown inconsistencies all year. And I think, true, some, true. And I think a carriers. solid team with, with, uh, with good uh, fundamental skills is going to beat them. Yeah. That's a, and, yeah, without uh, – Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. Don't, don't hurt me. <laughs> he won't hurt you because he knows that most of his teams are losers. So it's no big deal. <laughs> 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 yeah, as, just, as Matt would say, we kid because we, we care. That's exactly correct. <laughs> exactly correct. But, uh, but uh, speaking of Joey's teams, we'll talk about to the Flyers real quick and, and whether they're not going to get uh, Ray Bork. Thank you. I was mispronouncing that earlier because it, it, he misspelled his own name. His parents didn't care for him and misspelled his name, Ray Bork. Well, the thing, the thing that, uh, that shocks me as a hockey fan is, is what, like in the Ivy League show earlier today, poll question was, are, are people going to stay with a team the rest of their career? You see Ray Bork is probably going to get traded sometime tonight. Um, if, usually if a, a sure-tail sign of somebody getting traded is when they don't suit up yeah, for a game. When, when he's only missed like one on. game, you know, in, in, in two years now, um, recently. So, I mean, he's going to get traded, and now it's just who's going to get him right. and what are they going to get in return. Um, Boston's been through quite a bit this year. No and kidding. Ray Bork, um, you feel for the guy because you, Boston fans, you want to see him go out as a Boston, as as a Bruin. As a Bruin, yeah, but, like Bobby Orr and yeah, you know. But Orr. but a part of a part of a fan's perspective, kind of like me with uh, with Chris Chelios. I'm a big Blackhawks fan. I hated seeing him go, but you know, but he's you got to do what's best for the team. And yeah. plus, Detroit, they're the they're the hated rivals. Yeah, for, of our for sure, with Chicago. But. Uh, Hey, we said the same thing there. Uh oh, scaring everybody. <laughs> but now. you know what? It's 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 shocking. And if Philadelphia gets this guy, watch out because they already have a solid defense. Right. They they don't give up too many goals. Their goals against average is excellent as it is already. Um, solid goaltending. And as you know, if you have a hot goalie going to the playoffs like Dominic Kasich has proved, and even Archer Serbe back in the day when they beat Detroit in that first right, round right. for for San Jose, you will go far in the playoffs. Hands down, you'll go far in the It absolutely, absolutely helps you because, I mean, the goalies, goalie is the key, and, and goalies getting hot is not uncommon. It's just that getting hot at the right time is a big, big deal. Uh, the Sports Animals are here on ESPN Radio 970. Jim, producer boy, and the big dog, we'll be back. We're going to talk a little Raiders. We're going to talk the Lakers and the Knicks and the Kings and all kinds of good stuff coming right back. Sports Animals are back on ESPN Radio 970. It's the big dog. And Jim, producer boy. There you go. And he's pointing out to me that there's a Mark Messier signed puck in here. And I'm yeah. like, who's that guy? He's a potato chip stealer, and he's an old guy. <laughs> potato chip stealer. <laughs> hey, you know, I, my brother got that for me for Christmas. I don't know how he got it, but it is a thing. Probably gave him a bag of potato chips. Yeah. Here, Mark, I'll give you some chips. <laughs> Have some lays, Mark. Give you, give you some chips, Mark, if you want to you'll sign this puck for me. Yeah. No, we, we kid because, well, we love we it, care. as you said, because... Uh, 
Uh, Mark Messi, of course, being a great player, and I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. I wouldn't either. Yeah, because the, the one thing about that commercial that amazed me, that uh, that Frito stupid commercial, yeah. was, was him running back down the hallway with his skates on. Did yeah. you notice he's got he's his got skates skills. on? That, you know, he's well, got major running skills. with your skates on is kind of like, it's kind of like running on the beach <laughs> oh, without yeah. shoes. Without it is hard. <laughs> See, and I wouldn't know that, but uh, you know, one of the things that Matt Matt was actually afraid to uh, to have Jim and I on the on the mic together yes. because we are both avid Dodger fans. Now, Matt's given me a hard time about that before because, of course, I'm also an A's fan. Oh, of course, yeah. the A's and the Dodgers don't frequently play one another, so I feel as though I can give my allegiance to four one nineteen eighty eight World Series. Yeah, except then, which was actually crushed me. That crushed me. The, the last time the Dodgers won a playoff game, Matt will never live that down. He always talks about that, yeah. but. Uh, but uh, but the Dodgers got hammered today. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not kidding about hammered. <laughs> preseason preseason, we had to give Matt a little shout out. But uh, preseason uh, baseball is pretty much meaningless. But 17 to three was the final. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, Baltimore Orioles blasted the Dodgers. B.J. Surhoff. There you go. B.J. Surhoff of all ancient people yeah. uh, hit a, hit a, hit had a three run had three RBIs. Ouch! And Dan Nolte gave up eight runs in one third of an inning in the ninth. Isn't he like a drummer? He's yes, exactly. He got beat. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll cop off in a little bit there. But uh, wanted to talk about local stuff, and I know Matt uh, talked all day long about Coach Terpstra. And yeah. congratulations out to the Pirates. Being a Pirate alumni myself, yeah, very happy to see uh, both programs, football and basketball, doing really well. Yeah, it's good to see uh, Coach Steve DePrado get uh, another job. I think it's New Mexico. He's going to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. New Mexico Highlands, well, but, that's but where not, it is. Not the Las Vegas that we've all known and loved, but it's another Las Vegas. Exactly. Much um, it's good to see that he got a job out there. Um, you know, Mike Terpstra, like Matt alluded to, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I know you guys have heard it. Um, you've read it in the Modesto B. Um, you know, he deserves a full-time position, and what he does there is so much legwork, so much phone work, so much reading, recruitment of players. Um, you guys have no idea. I mean, even we have no idea on what really being a, a – high division um, uh, junior college coach is, is, is like. It's got to be tough. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you see coaches. You know you're not going to have your guys very long. There you go. One, thing, one thing. You see coaches um, coming to MJC games now, um, recruiting players, and they're in the middle of their seasons. Yeah, that's great. Steve Fisher came. I mean, he coached in San Diego State. Yeah. He came uh, on a Wednesday night before a game on Thursday night that his team was playing. So you see the, the, the great model that MJC has put together with Terpstra at the helm. And then I look down the road a few miles and see Stanislaus State. Now, we carried their games on the air as well. Right, um, I remember that. Went to a couple of myself. Definitely. Coach Jones, he had, a, he had an exciting team there. They, they played with their hearts. They played hard. Uh, they had some guys that could finish. Um, Legowski was awesome from three-point range. But they need to kind of look at MJC's program and mm-hmm. say, that's what we need to do. Getting guys from out of town. Definitely. Out of the area. Recruiting. Yeah. Recruiting is, right. is, is simple. It's, 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 hard. it's hard being Stan State's position because of where they're located right. and because of the dollar situation. But you can't make that an excuse. Um, and, you know, you see John Jones talking about money and all that kind of stuff, and that is a big issue. It sure. really is. But Terpstra's done a masterful job. In, in making the players feel welcome, making the players feel comfortable, um, giving them other things besides money um, that will keep them there. Yeah, well, a chance to play and a chance, more importantly, to win. And with media everybody exposure. wants a chance to win Definitely. and some good exposure. That sort of that stuff will all uh, all parlay out into a good a good happy team and the team that's going to hopefully do well. Oh yeah, yeah but I mean, so. my point: Stan State needs to look in the backyard, look at MJC, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, just just look at it. See yeah. what see what they're doing and model your your program after that. Every successful um, team models something after another. Like the San Francisco Niners in in the mid '80s and the mm-hmm. late '80s, everybody modeled their offense around them if True they enough. could. Just um, not their salary cap anymore. Exactly. <laughs> not their salary cap maneuvers. No one will be. You know. No one's going to be uh, modeling their salary cap maneuvers. Actually, I had a little note in here. We'll talk about football later, but I'm starting to think maybe the salary cap model might be moving across the bay over to Bruce Allen. But that's okay. Raider, Raider <laughs> fans are going, yeah. Come on. But the MJC Delta home-and-home home needs to happen. That was an oh. exciting, exciting game. Uh, and and why, why it ended up happening, I, you, you can read between the lines between what Definitely. Matt's saying and what I've read in the B, that there was a little bit of current under that water, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And something happened. And who cares, man? Let's play yeah. basketball. This is a good game. It's a good rivalry. Modesto versus Stockton's a big deal. Just like in football, Modesto Merced's always been a, you know, big a, 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 a big deal. So And uh, and Steve DePrado, did you catch that where he's going to be back in this area, too? He happens to be opening his season at UC Davis oh, wow. on September the 2nd. So right big on. Steve DePrado fans can go up and uh, root, on, root on the uh, New Mexico, what is it, Highland? Highlands. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like bagpipe guys. Yeah, there you go. Probably going for and congratulations, and I appreciate Matt doing this earlier, but congratulations to the Bayer girls. I'm also an alumni of Bayer High School. Oh. They did really well, and I know D. Wiz is out there pumping them. He's a big Bayer alumni, too. So we got to congrats all the way around. It's been a good season, a good sporting season here in the local area. Definitely. But uh, moving over to the NBA, Shaq is making his free throws, Look and out. the Lakers are playing defense. I think championship's all that's left. Yeah, what do you I, think? I'm telling you what. <laughs> If you watch this team, their only weakness seems to be another big man down low to help Shaq out. I mean, if, if, if you stop Shaquille O'Neal, if he is having an off game, I don't think Kobe, Kobe Bryant can carry a team yet. Um, I think he's better because Shaq is there. Right. Um, without Shaquille O'Neal in the lineup, Kobe did pretty well when Shaq was injured last year with the abdominal strain. But I think that uh, Kobe can't carry that team. Glenn Rice needs to play better. Well, and, yeah, I think and hopefully Rice will feel like he fits in now. Now that he knows he's not going to be traded, because he can't be, you know, and, and, and certainly the Lakers were looking to trade him. I mean, he's not the man that fits into that offense too well. They need another Scottie Pippen kind of guy that's, that can work the inside and work the outside when, when needed. Yeah. But, uh, um, well, what team do you see that could beat those guys? I, I mean, Portland can beat them, but is there anybody else in the league that you think can run with the Los Angeles Lakers? I don't think so. I mean, Utah Utah's always, you know, the old guys at Utah can never be counted out. No. But I don't think you can really count them in. And then San Antonio, too. I don't know what's up with San Antonio. I, I was just reading the LA Times again about uh, a lot of locker room problems yeah. with, with Avery Johnson getting up in uh, some guy's face. And then Chucky Brown, uh, Chucky Brown. Is telling, the, telling the rest of the, the NBA that uh, Avery Johnson got him traded. Oh, wow. You know, and you know how Avery's kind of an intense little guy, and yeah. he's all gets all pumped up. Yeah, baby, you know what? Uh, us and the Spurs here, we, we're trying to win another championship, and uh, Tim Duncan, he's a great player. Uh, David Robinson's a leader of this team. David, yeah, there you go. David's our leader, but Tim's our player. That was a terrible, <laughs> terrible imitation. Well, I have to work on that Avery Johnson imitation. Yeah. I'm not worried about them. <laughs> I'm worried about it, Miles. But uh, but uh, at the same time too, there's nobody in the East. I mean, look at oh, look terrible. at Utah beating up on the Knicks at home. Oh, that's sad. That was sad. You know, not many it's teams. Like the old guys came in and punked you, dude. Yeah, not. <laughs> I mean, back in early '90s when the Knicks and, and the Bulls had that big time rivalry, nobody went into Madison Square Garden and did what the what no. the Jazz did the other no, day. Uh-uh. And every team in the East is is just, suspect. They kind of suck. Even yeah. Indiana's suspect. I think Indiana is too. I mean, look at the Lakers. The Lakers actually kind of had an off night. And still oh, yeah. beat them. And still they, beat well, them. Well, because who, who, do the, who do the Pacers have in the middle? Rick yeah. Smith. I mean, the guy can't even run. Well, they were, they didn't, didn't I just hear too they're going to make him more of the centerpiece of the offense? And I'm like, uh, why? 
I don't think so. I don't know. I think you need to make Jalen Rose number one option on that team. Yeah, probably true. Uh, Reggie Miller's there to get the junk points that he gets all the time. Yeah, to launch him from uh, half court. Yeah, the quick quick release he has. He's a great shooter, but I don't think he's he's quite as a great scorer that every makes him out to be. Well, and I hate to say this about Reggie because he's a Bruin. But his sister could still beat him one-on-one, and he admitted to it. So I'm like, like, dude, you know, Cheryl was good, but, you know, you can't admit that anywhere. I don't think think she can out-talk him, though. No, I probably, I don't don't know, though, man. Have you heard her on some of those broadcasts? She's kind of, she gets going. What was she? She was doing the All-Star game, something to do with the All-Star game. And I kept thinking somebody should tell her to shut up. (laughs) She was just yapping, almost as though she felt like she had to do better because she was a woman. You know what I don't like about broadcasting sometimes is, you get these sideline reporters that think they have to find something out. Yeah, it's like you're be, just there in case something happens. You're yeah, there to report. They say somebody says something. Seize the moment, though. Yeah, exactly. But they go down to these reporters and they go, "Okay, now we're going down to the sideline reporter, Joe Schmo." They go to him and he goes, "Well, it's a nice day outside here, and we're looking for a good game. Back up to you guys." <laughs> there you go. I'm like, what a waste! <laughs> Why even pay a guy to say, "Well, it's a great. The weather's nice down on the field." Okay, we could see that. Just in case they can get their little points in. Exactly. I mean, we could see that from the broadcast. I mean, we don't need someone down the field. Uh, it's 76 degrees down the field. Um, <laughs> you, you, know, think, you know, you know, who kind of, you know who kind of invented that, too, was O.J. Remember, it wasn't, wasn't O.J. and, and then O.J. Simpson one followed after. What O.J. was one of the first sideline oh, guys, yeah. you know, because I think ABC figured the players would talk to another former player. You That's know, true. One respected and stuff like that, you know, and he was just terrible. Oh, yeah. Remember was, that? He just sucked. I mean, O.J. was I think, I think OJ always had his hand to his ear. You know that little yeah. piece that's in your ear that yeah. says, "Okay, um, ask him this, OJ. Yeah. Um, ask him this." He's like, "Okay, I'm getting the question right now. You I can't think of it myself." To hear it. Yeah, you can tell he's trying to listen. And I mean, what can't. is that? <laughs> uh, the sports animals are coming back. It's Big Dog and Jim today, and we're going to talk some Kings. Going to talk Come some on. NBA. That's a Sharks coming up. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Sports Animals on ESPN Radio 970 with Jim and... The Big Dog is big sitting dog. back here listening to a little Queen. All over the place singing. Right. I had to do that one time for Joey because Joey, Joey and I traditionally will sing to these these, these different... Horrible. You know what? Thank you! <laughs> I got a story to tell you! Big Dog! Joey's here! It's good to see you, man! I'll tell you what. I was down in Turlock. I went to the sports bar down there. I ordered a... A, a cheese sandwich, and they put mayonnaise on it. I said no mayonnaise. So she know I don't like mayonnaise. They said, oh. This is this is you're the, Oh yeah, you're you're a giant Joe. You're famous. You're on the air. They said that's freaking right. I am. I'm a Flyers fan. We're gonna get Ray Bork. What you say about that? All hey, right. dog! <laughs> okay. Take me away, man! I'm was, sick of this! That was pretty good, Jeff. Fires! Much better. Eric Lindros, what's wrong with you? Oh, no. That was much better Please. than Avery Johnson imitation. We much see, better. We can tell you spent more time with Joe than Avery Johnson. Hey, you know what? That you want to hear a good one, though? That was pretty good, Want to hear a good one, Doc? Oh, Joe's got a call now. Joe's running for a phone right now. Here's, here's a good one, Doc. <laughs> this, this is my John Jones coach of... Uh, uh, Stan State men's basketball in, imitation. I don't know if I threw my voice out. Let me see if I can still do this. Go. Uh, hey, Matt, how you doing out there, Matty? Uh, yeah, you know, we're recruiting quite a bit now, and uh, we're down <laughs> at, uh, actually, we were down at Turlock Junior High School, and 
Well, you know what? Those kids down there can throw it down on the seven-foot rims they're mad. And, um, you know, but money's always been an issue with us. I don't think we can sign those guys. And, you know, uh, it's awfully early, but uh, they, they got one heck of a program. You know, I want you to do these games in about seven years, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Man, if these kids uh, decide to play at Turlock High School, look out CCC. I'm going to be down in that gym quite a bit. Stan State coach uh, John Jones. John I like Jones. that, dude. Hey, hey, hey. You're doing good today. Dad, I appreciate that. You're doing good. Oh, wait, you're a big dog. There you go. There Am you. I off the air? <laughs> <laughs> what you guys don't know is that when, when, when Matt does an interview with, with Coach Jones, right when he's done, usually a caller, an interviewer, will, an interview person will stay on the line and, and wait for someone to say, hey, thanks for the, doing the interview. We appreciate you coming on. Maybe we'll do it again, you know. Which, which uh, callers like myself don't ever get, by the way. No, anyway, you know, well, you're a caller, you know. <laughs> but. But, yes, they traditionally will stay on. Well, John Jones is like, okay, see ya. He hangs up. We're like, he's we want gone. to talk to you, John. He's gone. But I, well, he figures he's done his thing, you know, he's in there. <laughs> that's, that's the sound you get from John Jones. <laughs> we're giving you a hard time, John, right, if you're out there. And if you happen this... to be listening, we're just having fun. Uh, we love John Jones. Absolutely. He's a good coach. Hey, the Kings, uh, I guess they're looking forward to playing the Lakers in the first round, huh? <laughs> they can't wait to have the Lakers just pummel them. Because I, I guess that's the way the Kings are playing. I mean, I realize they, they had a good game against San Antonio Saturday. Sunday, Lucky rather. game. But, yeah, and, well, and also San Antonio, as we just started to mention, it's kind of got to uh, what's going on with San Antonio is a good question. You know, Duncan, They're talking about Duncan may sign for a year. He may not. He may leave even after they, the, the, the citizens went ahead and, uh, and well, he sort of promised he'd stay. Definitely. And they I got mean, that stadium built. You think about San Antonio, you got Jerome Kersey starting. That's true. Huh? Uh, he's an 18-year veteran. Yeah, he brings his walker to the side. Just I'm, I'm telling you, this guy, he's still, he still hustles his brains out, just like he did in Portland back in, when, right. they, when they made the championship in 92, 93 against the Bulls, and they lost against the Lakers, and they lost. But you know what? He's, I don't know. I, why start him? Well, if you, if, if you got nothing else, though. And, you exactly. Know, and, that's and that's why you do if, it. If Sean Elliott comes back, which is a big if, yeah. because every single practice I hear, I'm a big Spurs fan. I, I Are you? basically check the Spurs news um, daily. And now, how, uh, what, what caused you to be a Spurs fan? Just out uh, of question. Well, I was a big Arizona Sean Elliott fan, you know, okay. back in the day. Texas so. and Arizona are two separate places. Well, oh, I got it. I True, get, but I'm I followed him. I followed Giving his career. you a bad time, I figured. But you know what? If he comes back, he's going to get. If he plays anything close to what he did last year, hitting big shots, um, providing some great defense on the perimeter. Yeah, I mean, Sean Elliott's like a Kobe tremendous player. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a different dimension for the Spurs, and they need that bad. I mean, they they should have made a trade. The rumor was Avery Johnson for, uh, I think it was... Uh, it was David Wesley. David Wesley at, of, at of Charlotte. And also, uh, what was the other guy? Derek Anderson. And Derek Anderson, Saw exactly. Yeah. Also, there was a rumor where Doug Christie was going to go to the Spurs for, like, Steve Kerr and <laughs> all yeah. these guys at Spurs. I don't think... But a guy like Christie's not going to... I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a component. Yeah. He's not... Uh, he's not a game changer. Yeah, he's not going to change the game. No. He did it pepper. He did it pepper, enough for anybody else. But but the, but the Kings. Yeah. They're they're obviously. I mean, their first round at best and out. They're pretty much in the playoffs. I was just looking at that. What we, we said that what they have a, like a five game lead over yeah. Denver. For yeah, that eighth the Kings, playoff spot. So they're not likely to lose that eighth playoff spot. No. But having the eighth playoffs, the eighth seed means you play the number one seed, and that's either going to be Portland or the Lakers. Definitely. So see you later. Let's start talking it's, about next it's year. It's coming out of the Pacific. Um, the Kings, they, they played great last year in the playoffs against Utah. Uh, the home court advantage. Played really well. The home court advantage gave Utah that, that series. Yeah, I, I believe so if they played the fifth game in Sacramento, is Sacramento would have won that Well, Sacramento game. almost won that game anyway. I mean, it was True. A fantastic True. series. And that is something that the NBA really needed, too. It, it was because Jason Williams new stars. was that series. Jason Williams, even John Barry, was basically 
boosted into the into the public eye, and right. they got to see him firsthand and say, "Wow, John Barry can actually play." Right, right. He's been riding the pine for a few years. Now he gets in the game, and he's he's stroking three pointers. So I mean, it's it's a. Uh, the Kings, like you said, first round and out is a possibility. Yeah. If they meet up with Portland or or uh, L.A., I mean, the only thing the Kings got on any of those teams is a bench. Yeah, and not even don't. Portland. Portland's second Port- team. Not Portland, they don't. Portland's second yeah. team can beat a lot of a lot of like the Clippers. They can beat the Clippers' first team, yeah. in my opinion. And one thing that my wife, my wife, my wife, we talked about this last week. My wife's kind of an in and out. Uh, sports fan. Mm-hmm. But one of the things my wife would do with me is when we lived in L.A., we would sit and watch, you know, every Laker game's on TV down there. Oh, yeah. And we would sit and watch some Laker games and she'd watch with me, you know. And she, even when Vlade was a Laker, she literally would yell at the set. Now, she's not <laughs> one of them types. You know, you really? are, I am, Joe is, Matt probably is a yeller too. Move, move, shoot the ball, you know, whatever. Yeah. She would yell at the TV, make him move, run, run, because Vlade, and Stands. all of a sudden, Last year, he wasn't doing this. That's right. I don't know what the difference is between Vlade of last year and the Vlade of this year. Maybe he's spending too much time in L.A. I don't know what it is. But he is just terrible. Yeah. Exactly. As, there you go. Maybe maybe he needs to have bombs dropping so he can concentrate on his game. I don't know. You know what the Kings did last year, which was I think they, they've gone away from it big time this year, is they focused their offense through Vlade Divac. In the playoffs, if you watch that series versus Utah at any game, you saw them go. He was their go-to guy down low. Vlade is very crafty in the low post. but He can be. They, do, they don't use that. They throw the ball down to Chris Webber, which Chris Webber is the best player on that team. Without question. He will get you 20 and 12 every night. But Vlade has to score 10 points and get you at least eight rebounds a game for you to have a chance. Right. And if he doesn't play defense on other big men like Shaquille O'Neal and, and Tim Duncan, Goodbye, Sacramento. Right. Well, that's the other thing that I had noted down here is that they need to find some real defense. I mean, <laughs> now that Vince Carter's taken over all the, uh, the the highlight reels, you know, from Jason, why don't oh, I, yeah. I think they need to focus. And it's not all Jason's fault, I don't necessarily believe. No. I mean, as much as he contributes, as much as he detracts, right. potentially, from, from not being getting back on D, having the high-flying plays, I think he also contributes as, as well. But, well, their help defense is terrible. If you if you watch the Kings' rotation on, on double, uh, double uh, when they double-team the post, they don't rotate at all. I watched a few games already this year. Actually, I've watched quite a bit of games, basically every game that they've been on TV, um, listening to them on the radio sometimes, but mostly on TV. And every time I see them, they get beat on um, skip passes, mm-hmm. um, three-pointers. Right. They're, they're last in the league in three-point percentage shooting. They make about the – I think they're number four in the league in uh, makes per game. But your percentage, right, Jason Williams is the, the absolutely last – player in the NBA in field goal percentage. Is he really? 27%. Because wow. he does take some percentage. major bombs. It's like, dude, so bad. 32-foot jump shots. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. we actually have guys in the post if you just let them get there. If yeah. you let them get to the post, you'll have guys yeah. in the Nick post. Nick Anderson? Oh, man. Well, Nick's, the Kings are not. Yeah, Nick's an not. unfortunate situation. They're, they're the, the, you know, we can, I think we can give the organization credit for attempting to get right. a, long, a long shooter, but he's just not the man. I think he might have shooter. seen his, his prime of his career. Yeah. It's probably yeah. on that same train yeah. and with and not, Patino. Not with Rick Patino. Uh, they're both leaving Boston. Yeah. So now if the, uh, the the Kings, as we so uh, probably correctly predict, are going to be one and out in the playoffs, does that mean Mr. Adelman comes back? That's a good question. I You know what? I would keep him there at least one more year. Give Jason Williams one more year um, of experience. And let him go a little bit. Um, you got the team. Basically, this is the first full year that this team has been together. Last year, with the 50-game season, they, you know, they. I think they gelled. But this year, oh, they, yeah. they're, really they starting, well. they're really the starting. They're really starting to. Yeah, yeah, they're really starting to experience what it's like to do the whole grind 
go on these long road trips and, and feel what it's like to go through an 82-game season with this, with this team, and they're not performing as, as everybody thought. They're 11-19 and 19 on the road. Matt Ivey said earlier in the year, man, they have to win at least, you know, 40% of their road games. On the road, yeah. And, and they 50%. have a great home court, great fans, great home court advantage. They always win at home. They always have, even when they were terrible. 21 and 6 in Sacramento. Yeah. The Kings and the Kings also do have an upside for their if they if they get a solid winning streak going. Yeah. Because of the bottom half of the of the uh, of the Pacific Division. Excuse me. They're actually only four and a half games out of the fifth position wow. of you know right behind behind San Antonio and of course that game a game against San Antonio is a good start. They could put a good winning streak together. Yeah. They could move up that ladder, not have to be the eighth seed. Maybe get a chance to play Utah again, right. which would be pretty cool. A chance to play Utah or play San Antonio in the in the first round and maybe have another uh, a shot at Portland or, or the Lakers down the road. But Let me ask you a question, big dog. Um, who's your uh, rookie of the year right now in the rookie, NBA? You know, it started out. Old, old, old Lamar Odom was looking sharp. Yeah, Stevie absolutely. Francis looked great in Houston. All oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't yeah, know what happened to Houston. First month of the year, Stevie Francis is putting on monster numbers. Right. And Odom, I guess he fouled out again Saturday, didn't he? Yeah. He's, the kid just can't. He's like. I think he's hit a wall, and I think he's frustrated. Yeah. And who wouldn't be? Well, who wouldn't be in, 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 in Clipper the L.A. Clipper gear? And imagine sharing the building. You know, this has never That's, happened before. The Clippers sad. and the Lakers, of course, have never shared a building before. And now that they are. To see the difference, like if you're a Clipper player, like is that tonight's game or tomorrow that's night's tonight's game? game? That's tonight's game, isn't it? Clipper I four. Mean, my goodness, imagine the difference that's going to be now that the Lakers are actually playing. Yeah. Because the Clipper games are like ghost towns once again, yeah. like they always 5, have. Five thousand people. If you ever, if you were in L. A. and you wanted to go see Michael Jordan, you went to the Clipper game. Yeah. You went to the Clipper Chicago game. That's right. Of course, the L. A. Chicago, the Lakers Chicago game. Forget it. it was I mean, sold tickets out were 150 first, bucks, and you first minute of the you, year. You could see better on TV. Right. Than, than the top of the uh, the old Great Western Forum, but. Uh, if you, you wanted to see Jordan, you wanted to see Malone, you always went to the Clipper games and they were dead. Yep. There's no energy in the building. Well, I have a good friend that works at the Staples Center. He told me the same exact thing. He said, when the Clippers are there, you know, it's about a half, half, half fill Coliseum at the most. Yeah. And half the people are rooting for the other team because they've come <laughs> to see their favorite team, whether it's Portland or Detroit or whoever's right. coming to town, the Knicks. The Knicks, they got 30000 for the Knicks. Wow. Twenty-five. My friend was estimating at least twenty, twenty-five thousand. 25000 We're Knicks fans. Because wow. L.A.'s got tons of New York transplanted New Yorkers. and I, Now imagine how embarrassing that would be. That would, be, that would be like the worst thing ever. You're on your supposed home court, yeah. and everybody else is cheering. It's like an away game, but you get to go to your house. <laughs> well, we'll see tonight there you go. what it's like. Again. Hey, tonight, San Jose Sharks versus New York Rangers at 7 o'clock tonight with Dan Rusinowski and Drew Romenda with the call. Tune in tonight. This is the Sports Animals. We'll be coming right back. SPN Radio 970. Yeah, we are back. We are, I'm, I'm, I'm reading something on the uh, the wire thing here, but uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, we, I never answered the question. I, right. I went off on my tangents, you know, which, of course, Joe and I are especially good. Oh, yeah. You're famous yeah. for that. We start, we start on one level and just move all the way over to another one. But the Rookie of the Year NBA we were talking about. Yeah, I think you have to give it to, to Mr. Chicago Elton Brand. He's done really, really well. It's pretty consistently, especially in the second half. Absolutely. Uh, he's impressive. My rookie of the year, however, uh. is a big man. Uh. Shockingly, it's not Elton Brand. It's no. Todd McCullough. Uh. 
of the Philadelphia 76ers, a guest on the Ivy League show. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Actually, it's, it has to be Elton Brand. The guy, every other rookie has, has gone through a cold slump. Elton sure. Brand has not gone cold at all. From the beginning of the year, he's done well. Um, no, no question about it. And this guy in the rookie game, I think he, he, he found his stride. Right. With with getting the MVP. That's right. I've forgotten about that. 20, he, I think he played really well. And 20. Yeah, he played really well in Man, that game. Incredible. Against against some good competition against too. The, Michael, the second year, candy. Yeah, the second year players were uh, were a pretty good. That's a pretty good squad of players yeah. that were out there that, that day. Elbow pass. And, yeah, but uh, and, you know, the worst thing about Elton Brand playing well though, is that if Jerry Krause's theory, if Crumbs Krause's theory that it's not the players, it's the organization comes true. I, I will I will hate the NBA forever. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, he has to be wrong. I'm, he has of course, because I hate Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf for that matter as yeah. well. And I think anybody, you know, I know you're a Blackhawks fan, but I mean, anybody with any kind of allegiance to Chicago Definitely. sports in general have to hate those two. Yeah, just, I mean, just, that, you know, for what they what they've done and what they the did. Championship dynasty yeah. and the way they did it too was such a, yeah. a finesseful way of just thumbing their nose. Especially the with the Scottie Pippen planet. situation. Yeah, yeah, that looked pretty bad. Although that I have to admit, a Pippen's a whiner PR too. PR nightmare. <laughs> Pippen is a whiner, though. Let's face that, though. And now we're going to talk some football now. Little football. Some, uh, schedule or little, stuff. I mean, schedule. I was, I was looking at the schedule. I pulled that up because I hadn't done that. had a chance to do that yet. And the 49ers, you know, you know how last year us Raider fans were always moaning and groaning about how tough our schedule seemed to be Especially for an 8-8 eight eight team? I yeah. mean, we were 8-8 eight and eight and prior to that 4-12, and 12 and supposedly your strength of schedule is going to reflect your record and blah, 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 blah. Um, but the 49ers at 4-12 and 12 now got jacked. <laughs> Those 49er fans are out there who haven't seen their away schedule need to take a look. It's not pretty. And just a note, they haven't set the times or the dates, but we do have the teams that right. they will be playing exactly. in away and home. So um, the big dog's going to read those off for yeah, you. Yeah, check this and, out. Of course, you're going to play your regular you're gonna play your regular Atlanta, Carolina, you know, New Orleans, St. Louis, both schedule. home and home. But then the, the, the 49ers get to play Green Bay, Dallas, and Denver all away. Ouch. Ow. And I just imagine playing like Green Bay and Denver in, um, oh, December. Back to back. <laughs> back to back, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> your only, you're only kind of simple game on the road is going to be in San Diego. And who knows about the Chargers? I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Bolts? I mean, they, they yeah. could be terrible again. Or Ryan Leaf may become, uh, you know, Peyton Manning's, uh, who knows? I'm just, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. But Don't do it, man! Ernest Conway now. Uh, but then, of course, looking toward the Raiders. Oh, well, we'll finish off with the 49ers. Yeah. You also have at home with your regular your regular four counterparts in the NFC West. You have uh, Arizona coming to San Francisco, mm. Chicago Bears, who could be Great. Uh, definitely an up and coming team. Definitely, Kansas City, going down a little bit. Yeah, but uh, and then of course you have the, the the game that we're all waiting, and that is the Oakland Raiders are coming oh. to the stick. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good game. I it think, certainly I think will be a long game. Uh, bump the police. There. Why? Do you think the 49ers fans get out of hand there? No, I think the Raiders <laughs> fans are going to show up and they're going to try to pick fights all day. No, come on now. Not I'm my brethren in the silver oh. and black. Hey, I'm not. I a think big... it could be somewhat of a raucous game. But of course, the Raider fans are all going to have to walk there. Because I'm going to guarantee <laughs> you there's no Raider fans going to pay 20 bucks or $22 or $50 or whatever it is now to park at the stick. It's that's crazy. not going to happen. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of cash. Raider fans are literally going to be turning around. They're going to mm-hmm. go, no way, man. I'm parking across the freeway. I'm walking up. I'm walking up. The Raiders, on the other hand, uh, you know, they're, they're regular Denver, KC, San Diego, and Seattle away. They also have to play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, wow. which could, too. Always that, a tough if, game. If that happens in September, it'll be okay. That's all, if yeah. it happens in December, Ouch. that could be Cold. kind of touchy. Uh, Indianapolis, we get to go play New Orleans away, which that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that, although New Orleans really beefed up their offense. A lot of free agent signings. They lost a lot of people, too, though. 
particularly on defense, like Jesse Tuttle. And, you, and you're just waiting for Ricky Williams to have a breakout game, which he hasn't well, had yet. Well, and if he's going to have one, it'll probably be against the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hopefully the Raider deal is a little strengthening up. But uh, so who had a great game against us last year? I forgot already. The, um, the, the, uh, oh, uh, Orlando Gary. Yeah, Orlando Gary. Thank you. Bronco. Yeah. yeah. He has big, has big breakout day against us. And I'm thinking, oh, fantastic. He'll probably be terrible the rest of the season. But, of course, <laughs> he's going to be great against us. And then at home, the people that are coming to Oakland to play the Raiders this year, New England Patriots are coming to town. The mm. Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Looking forward to that. Now, that's a 4-12 and 12 kind of schedule. Two of the best fans, <laughs> fan bases meeting up right there. True the Cleveland fans and uh, Raider, Raider fans. fans. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are coming to Oakland, and so is, I can't even read my writing, that looks like Carolina. It must be Carolina. Yeah. Yes, but we're playing the NFC West. So that's pretty good. Carolina's an enigma to a point, and I think, uh, and what's going to happen with Atlanta this year? I mean, Atlanta is this essentially going to be a sa- the same or a similar team to the one that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But and, so was and, last year's. You know, with Jamal Anderson coming back, Tony Graziani was on uh, the Ivy League show, and he, he's going to be playing in NFL Europe, getting some reps, getting some experience. Um, he should be back at full strength uh, come the season, so he'll be backing up, uh, um, be backing up Chandler again. Mm-hmm. So look for Graziani to be back there. Um, the Falcons... I don't know. 